Chapter 12 of Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Holland. Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes by Mrs. A. S. Hardy. Chapter 12 A Star That Ate Oysters. The star I am going to tell you about lived in the Gulf of Mexico. It was called a starfish. It had hundreds of other starfishes to keep it company. When I first saw this star, it was stealing oysters from Captain Ellis's oyster bed. Probably, it thought, as long as the oysters grew in its gulf, they belonged to it more than to Captain Ellis, who didn't live in the gulf at all. One oyster shut its doors against the starfish. It did not wish to be eaten. But that made no difference to the starfish, who just pulled out its stomach and wrapped it around the oyster and sucked out its sweet life. After that, the starfish put its stomach back again and walked away. When it was walking away, I stopped it. The starfish had five rays or points, and on the underside of its five rays it had rows of little tubed feet. For all it had so many feet, it walked slowly. When I touched it, it objected, but really it could not help itself, so it drew in its rows of feet and lay very still. I went to catch a fiddler crab, and when I came back, my starfish had pushed out its little feet, little worms they looked like, and had started back for the oyster bed. I wanted to learn more about this star, so I turned it over on its back. I found its mouth in the very center of the underside of its body but its queer little feet were drawn in again. I pushed it along into a shallow pool of seawater where a piece of driftwood lay. Soon its queer, worm-like feet were pushed out again. It was on its back, so I could see how they moved one way and another as if trying to find something to take hold of. One of the queer feet touched the piece of driftwood and clung to it. By this, it drew its long ray a little closer to the wood and was able to touch the wood with others of the little feet which clung as the first had done. In this way, the starfish lifted itself little by little until it finally turned itself right side up. The feet of starfish are hollow tubes with suckers at the ends. They are called tube feet. The animal will fasten itself to a rock by these tube feet and even allow its feet to be torn away rather than let go. An oyster sometimes shuts its doors and catches one of the arms or rays of a robber starfish. The starfish cares little for the loss of an arm, so snaps it off. They often break off their rays upon being picked up, or when the waves toss them into the sun, which gives them discomfort. As they are able to grow new rays, they are not much damaged by the loss of one. In some parts of the sea, there are such large starfish settlements as to cover the bottom of the sea. There are many kinds of starfish, and some of them have more rays than this one of which I am telling you. The rays are extensions of the body. Some kinds have a much larger central body and shorter arms than this one. One kind, called brittle stars, has rays which are not parts of the body and into which the stomach does not extend. This kind of starfish is sometimes called sea spider because its round body to which are joined its long sprawling rays makes it look a little like a spider. Brittle stars get their name from the trick of snapping to pieces when taken from the water. 
At the end of each ray, the starfish has a tiny red speck, which is its eye. Mrs. Agassiz, in one of her pretty stories of starfishes, says, But let me tell you that five of their eyes are by no means so good as one of yours. Yet I once heard a story of a starfish which inclined me to believe that, if they do not see, they have at least some very keen perception of what goes on about them. Starfishes carry their eggs near their mouth and keep them safely by stretching their suckers around them and thus holding them fast. A friend of mine was one day watching a starfish in a large glass dish which had its eggs folded within the suckers in this way and wishing to examine the eggs more closely he parted the suckers, took the eggs away, and kept them for some time. When he finished his examination, he dropped them back into the dish. At once, to his surprise, the starfish seemed to be aware that its eggs had been returned to it, and moving towards them at its utmost speed, which is at best but creeping very slowly, it placed itself over them, folded its suckers once more around them, and so took them up again. Wishing to be quite sure that this had not been accidental, he removed the eggs again, put the starfish into another and larger dish, and having placed it at one end and putting some obstacle in the center of the dish to divide it from the other side, he then dropped the eggs in at the end opposite the parent, as far from it as possible. The starfish immediately began its journey, now quite a long one for a starfish, toward its offspring, and having reached them, covered them and took them up again as before. A third time the experiment was repeated, but always with the same result. The creature perceived its eggs the moment they were placed in the same vessel with itself, and went at once to shelter and protect them. You see, by this it is not lost time to watch even the lowest creatures that God has made. They too care for and cherish their young. They have certain ends to fulfill in life, and they, as well as the higher animals, enjoy the existence that has been granted to them. End of chapter 12